If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah top of my head i said i'll bet you guys couldn't go 24 hours without complaining and then we start talking about it and one kid i remember said he said right away he said oh that'd be impossible okay guys welcome back to the grand america show we're going to be chatting with hal urban a little bit later good news uh the good news podcast he wrote a couple books on on positive outlook and good news. He's a new book on, on good news. And we got everybody's favorite podcaster, Graham, good news, Dunlop. Actually, he's usually got bad news. We used to want to do good news. Remember? We were going to start, we to start yeah. a good news. We, this whole podcast was going to start talking about good news. We're going to have a whole good news segment. And that was back in like 2012. Look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> talking about bad news all the time. Not all the time. This show's about good news. Yeah, it's a good news. Well, he had a good book. I mean, I read read one of his books. It was good. It's great. Positive thinking kind of stuff, you know, and just, I don't know, being nice to people, that kind of thing. Appreciating stuff. Being grateful. All the stuff you're kind of disenfranchised with right now. Not really. <laughs> but he does talk about the shift in the 80s, though, for sure. Did you witness that shift firsthand? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where um, were you for the shift? Tel Aviv? No, no, no. That was the 90s. Hmm. I was in on the West Coast. The 90s was my 80s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got your fireplace fixed? I did, yeah. That's good news. Yeah. Now you got heat. Was it because of my comments? Nope. You're going to do it anyway? Oh, yeah. I have to do it for Maria. She needs a fireplace. And actually, the house is cold in that area. I think it's designed to provide heat from that spot. So, not really. I don't think. But it it's seems nice. Like it. It, has, it seems like fireplace it. is definitely great to turn on. And because even if it's the heat's cranked, that whole area is cold. Really? Yeah. Did you check and see that your vents are open? Yeah. Hmm. I feel Probably. like you'd be a nightmare for a tenant. <laughs> what do you mean? Changing the lights for you? No, I did it all. Something's been broken, the vents just closed. I, I just, did I all could just, <laughs> be like email, just a broken email on a grand skip. You got out of the yard work though. Yep. And now you have heat if power goes out. Yeah, there you go. That's the last thing. Yeah. You You're going to be able to cook. As long as the gas is going, right? The gas the is gas. supposed to go because it's all no, based even on without pressure. power. Yeah, it's wow. all based on pressure. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Good timing for that. Or oh. it might be good timing for that. Hopefully. So, um, before we go too far, like, so Hal's going to be, you know, we're going to ramble on a little bit in this intro before we talk to Hal later. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, there, we don't push back on him at all. We, we don't think, we didn't think it was appropriate at the time. There's some things we probably disagree on when it comes to other news. Like Bill Gates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Eh? And, uh, and then, and the news hour. This would be a fun general. one to watch the video on and watch Graham's <laughs> sort of try and suppress facial expressions. <laughs> 
trying to decide whether I should actually, you know, say anything, but no. It's okay. He can have his news hour and that's what, what, not know. what we're here to talk about. Exactly. We're talk, talking about his books. Because you read one of his books. We're not here to smash you found one of his books. face with red pills all day. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, we didn't even start the show to do any red pills. No, I know. But that's what happens. That's yeah. what happens when, you know. It happened before that, buddy. When pop culture happened, politics is happening. happened before that. Yeah, we got caught up in the pop culture politics in like 2016, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, dude. We started out with UFOs, and it was back then. I mean, really, there's it we was all a lot of it was about the about, like that was on mo- one of big my we one of my out with water I know, on Mars but it was one of my interests. Correct, I know, and so were UFOs. I mean, By this the way, is the Ethan thing, says right? He's on Instagram, now and there was cover-ups on all this stuff. So this where it bleeds into the war on consciousness for us. He frames on Instagram now. I know, I did. And you need to yeah, follow. Him. I did already. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then number one guest, mm-hmm. proven right. Who's number two? Red Pill Junkie. Was he proven right? Not lately. But in, on some stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Anyways. Just just be patient. Be patient. And s- speaking of being patient, we've been patient. And now it's the end of the year. And we need some support. Um, you know, it's been a trying year with the COVID. You said you want to start with support, right? Number yeah, let's six. do that. Well, because we have a... A show coming up, the the yearly right, fandango. Let's start with that. The yearly you, fandango. Can you talk about that? For yeah, a second? the yearly fandango with uh, cruising with steak, James Cruz and Grim Steak, and Cat in the Box. They used to have a different show title, but now they do a remote viewing podcast called Cat in the Box, and that's Justin and Adam, who have both been supporters and huge help on the show for a long time. They've both taken turns helping with our newsletter. Really appreciate their their volunteering to help us. And the good friends of ours, I played D&D with all those guys for a while. Do you, uh... So we're going to do like a call-in show, like probably a four-hour call-in show starting this Friday, the 18th, is it? The 18th? 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Was the old one, uh... We wanted to do it early enough for the UK posse so they can, they can, uh, join in. Fucking UK Before it gets too late. If they're allowed... Are allowed to make phone calls? Do you have a phone number for that? Or? Yeah, it's 403-702-6083. Let me put that in the show notes. Is say it, it again? Like in all the show 403? notes. 403? Isn't it in all the show notes? I don't know. The time. Let's see. Go, let's say it again. 403-702-6083. Yep. It's our annual. Actually, for that, that reminds me, Felix is going to join us as well. Good. I'm trying to get uh, George might come out. Dude, this might uh, constitute a gathering. We could be in trouble. But I figure we could call it work. There you go. We'll lock the doors. If we hear someone busted in, we'll just back into the corners and say. Just make sure we we'll got a camera. Masks. We should. We should definitely be. We should definitely be. Well, we could just put streaming on streaming it so we can get it all on the video. At oh least. yeah, absolutely. Let's just sacrifice yeah. ourselves. Well, for I should the video. always run the extra camera up to watch the street while all the cars are parked <laughs> out there. Anyway. 403-702-6083. It's going to be this Friday, 5 to 9 p.m. Mountain. That's like 7 to 11, 11 p.m. Eastern. You could do the rest. We're going to be uh, yeah, just doing the annual call-in show. Last year, I think it was Mr. Owl who called in with all that inappropriate bullshit. It'd be nice to avoid that this time if possible. You know, 
You can call in and say whatever you want, but maybe just don't call in and scream out swear words and stuff like yeah. that. Because, I mean, yeah. kids might listen to this. My kids might listen. They shouldn't. I mean, really, kids shouldn't be listening. This is the thing, though. I catch my kids streaming the show. They commented on one of the live streams here. Oh, my day. God, really? And it's like, why is YouTube letting my kids watch this? And you know what? It's because they've got my other iPad. Yeah. And I think I've got it set up on there to test the alerts. I was testing to see if our YouTube alerts are working. So I think actually when we go live, it ping. And then they just have to ding. So I can't remember what show they were listening to. I'm not really following you. They were allowed to just click on it and then accept it kind of thing. Because they had your iPad where yeah. the alerts were coming on. Yeah. So they've learned how to hack into your iPad and just rejig the whole parental guidance part themselves. Oh, my my oldest had it so that I think my on my one phone I can't switch I think my she's thing a little from too being smart Daddy for, Grimes. Oh my God, she's a little too smart for you. Because she changed there. it to Daddy, yeah. Because she thinks he's doing it on just the thing she uses, but going across multiple devices. Yeah. It's a real dilemma. She is too smart for... She's too smart for my own good, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Fandango, 403-702-6083. If you want to call in, we'll stream all that shit live. We'll try not to get arrested by the Grinch fucking police officers. I've been tweeting the police, too, so... Good. I'm yeah. stoking the fire. Yeah. yeah, I've been tweeting them, but they won't respond. I've been tweeting the Alberta RCMP and the Calgary police to ask if they're going to dress up like the Grinch while they ruin people's holidays. Or if they're going to choose to unfollow unconstitutional orders. They won't reply, though. They're probably just looking for me. (laughs) 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 All right, and then support. Support the show. Stripe. Uh, Stripe. What's going on with Stripe? A few of them I actually noticed have straightened out. A couple that were having trouble. So hopefully people have been just getting the message and fixing it or trying again or whatever the fuck. But a bunch of the Stripe. Stripe support's way down. Um, PayPal is, you know, breaking even for the year. So somewhere like that, it was tough at the beginning of the year. We had a ton of cancellations. I mean, we've had cancellations throughout the year with COVID problems. People email and saying they're sorry. They just can't, can't keep it up, which we fully understand. But, uh, at that same time, if you can't afford to pick up that slack, we would appreciate it. America.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, whether it's a one-time donation or... Monthlies are the best because we can budget off them, but you know it's it's getting scary out there, and it's getting to the point that we need to to be better prepared. To, I mean, I'm going to start uploading all the audio to the server now, but we don't have near the capacity to start um, letting people rip it from there, download it from there. It'll just be too much trap, too many people trying to grab it at once. Yeah, we got to find a backup plan because, you know, like we were talking about, this is what it's coming down to. I mean, we were talking about before about do we need another feed for the more controversial topics? I mean, this is well, the yeah, way the so censorship is getting where America. we might, if we want to talk about COVID and and, uh, and alternate views on medical safety and all this kind of stuff or holistic healing. Vaccines. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I trying not to say that. But we were worried about, you know, because yeah. we spent seven or eight years now trying to build this thing and we're it's kind of risky to put it up against those things it seems like in today's world i mean that's not saying we're not going to keep doing it because we feel like it's important but um but then we can go a little deeper as well i mean what it's not just about about 
uh, <clears throat> shielding from censorship. It's just that we could also then go a little deeper and do a little bit more content on Which some kind of, of those. Like focus on budget. those a little bit. Yeah, we do have the black budget feed. I mean, we could do we that. Could we could put, put the black budget in iTunes and stuff and just fucking start going ballistic on there. Not with all the audiobooks, though. You don't want to put that in, in iTunes. We'd have right? to remove those. We'd have to take the yeah. audiobooks out. <laughs> Could do another feed, like another, just a private audiobook feed or something. I mean, we'll, t if anybody has any ideas, they can, by all means, send us an email or jump in the chats and mention something. But it's easy just, to say fuck it, but I mean, it would really suck to lose. I've got all the videos downloaded too, but we're not really big enough to absorb a deep platforming or anything like that right now. No, and yet we're still lucky because the audio podcast is really the last bastion of really very little censorship in a way. I mean, we are getting shadow banned on Instagram and, and all stuff like that. But as far as our content goes, it's so far so good. I mean, we only use YouTube just to stream. We're not really, and just to have it there, you know, so we could always stream somewhere else, but uh, it, yeah, we can't really handle a full deplatforming. But having said that, the support, like we got a couple one-time donations recently, which is very helpful. And uh, the Black Budget support, there's a bunch of audiobooks in there. There's a bunch of old podcasts, not old, but swapcasts like and some and stuff some, too that I'd like tables. to invest money in one yeah. day, you yeah. know, an app, there's chats, there's so many things I'd like to invest yeah. money in that I don't have the expertise to do. And mm -hmm. we just don't have the funding for yeah. any of that stuff. So anyways, like you can get access to the black budget with a one-time donation or just uh, free. I mean, that's still value for value. Just if you can't afford email. it, just send an email and we'll get we'll you give it to you. Give it to you. Well, we should talk about that maybe. I mean, I don't want to plug it too much right now, but the secret teachings of all ages and countries volume one is out on audible. Right? No, that's the secret society. Oh, sorry. Secret societies of all ages and countries. Volume one. Volume one. Is available. I mean, if you just secret go to teachings Audible is and coming. type in Graham No, Dama, don't do that. All his audiobooks will come up. Maybe, say, hey, if you do that, you know, put a good review in there just to offset any of the, the potential bad ones. So I'm kind of a new narrator. There's so. three for sale. There's the, is there bad reviews? No, I'm just, I don't know. I don't look. Esoteric uh, Alphabet, that one. Esoteric that was very nature of the actually. alphabet or yeah. whatever, and essentials of spirituality. Yep, and secret societies of all ages and countries. That's a good one. I mean, and book two we've done. Book two that's coming book out as well. Book two submitted like the, and awaiting approval. Yeah, and that's just it. I don't know, man. There's so many of these going back hundreds of years. These secret societies, and it's really interesting to to learn about some of the people involved and some of the things they're doing and some of the conflicts. Kind of puts everything into perspective with this modern age what we're going through it's nothing new all the little push and pull with organizations and totally totally all right what do you got motherfucker what do you want to get don't, into first? don't be swearing on hal urban's episode oh, sorry hal i'm not gonna stop swearing for anybody i didn't stop swearing for my mother i can't stop for Hal. i'm sorry all right what do we got let's go to the text line we did get a text we got uh Trudeau has Toronto's son. Trudeau has eyes on a great reset for Canada. Someone sent that in. Someone from Southern Ontario, it looks like. And we got, if you find Moderna's ingredients, I need to check for differences. I don't know what that means. 
Because it's because Pfizer's out right now. Pfizer's ingredients and the Pfizer vaccine, all that information. Oh, I is heard out someone right now. So I but heard the Moderna someone, one's coming up behind, and they want to know. They want to compare it all. I heard now someone in Alaska with no history of allergies yeah, has had a yeah. reaction. I know. I'm surprised that the New York Times is covering this. Like, why are they? Why are they jumping on it so fast? Are they just trying to get ahead of it? Or it, I don't. I almost. Um, it's a New York Times. I'm baby. almost skeptical. No, 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 no. That theme song on the Swapcast is very funny. It reminds me of American America's Funniest Home Videos. I played that for the Swapcast. I saw. I know. How do you know? Do you listen to the show? I always listen to the beginning because I'm saving the art. And the notes to put them on Instagram. What? See, why does that? Well, because I have to go into it to do that, right? And I play it. I have to press play to start it. I see. Yeah. So you listen to the very beginning and that's yeah, it. First three seconds of the show and that's, that's it, it. Until I can shut it off. That's about what I listen to. I get to listen to like the first 10 to 15 seconds so I can get the cuts right. But that's... Except for every once in a while, something stupid will happen and I'll have to fucking... Sorry. Sorry, Jeez, Al. Yeah, this, this is the one show we <laughs> want to keep it clean and we I'll, can't even do it. I'll have to plow through and take care of it. Darren was born in the 80s. He was born when the swearing 81. started. 81. I know, you were born right at the beginning of the decade the where it all started falling apart. I could be the first millennial. Oh, maybe. How ironic is it that the possibly the first millennial coins and his podcast our podcast with his podcast because we're using him in the context of the first millennial. You're way before millennials. You're doing Gen X. Gen X. Yeah. Would make the podcast that coins the term swap cast that becomes ubiquitous. You and, well, we did. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I thought we said we were going to run with that. I don't, I don't remember that. I think we could, I think we could, I mean, we'd, we'd have to type it into Google and check the dates. <laughs> anyway, what do you got? I got a synchro from the chat. Oh boy. From the Zen nerd. This is just mini. These are mini synchros. There's some mini synchros here. Oh no, I think that's great. I just find that, I don't know, for some reason I'm equating chat room content to being lowbrow. Well, that might just what? be me. Oh, that's terrible. I'm not saying people in the chats are lowbrow. This is fast moving, and I feel yeah. Like but there's a there's a couple channels in there: synchros, trip reports, the dream time, spiritual science, sightings, UFOs, astronomy. Those? I can't keep up on them all, but I, I don't go into. I any browse of them sometimes. Yeah. I oh, go into on. that one and hunting, and I like the gun one. And then there's uh, just the prepping one. Oh, there's just... a commune one I like. <laughs> there's a foraging one there's that a, I like. You see, there's a a theme here of our interest. Richard Parker. <laughs> which is a lot of dick stuff. <laughs> and I mean, my favorite one is probably meme. Wow. Yeah. I go into there. To, the meme channel is fucking I go in, fantastic. Oh yeah. I go into there to, to harvest memes. Oh yeah. That's all I do. I go in there and harvest for the social media. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. So keep, keep populating the chats, people. Yeah. We steal that shit and use it on our socials. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. 
Okay, I have like a whole bunch of really cool little mini ones that these these used to happen to me, and you know what? Honestly, they're not happening to me quite as much. I haven't. This is from Chewbacca. I haven't ever been into astrology. But I looked up my birthday and my characteristic flower is also the name of the street I lived on since childhood. What? Yeah. Huh. Uh, this is from the Zen Nerd, December 7th, How, 2020. these on the fly too? No, these are just uh, minis. All right, all right. I don't want to crush people on the minis. Listening to a podcast while I'm working at my home office PC, I read the word offset as the podcaster says offset. I love those. Was listening to the Serpent Brothers podcast on UFOs while washing the dishes. I left the kitchen for five minutes and came back. My cat, Morty, was now in the kitchen and crying at me. I said, oh, hi, Marty. I call him Marty sometimes. And not even a second later, my podcast says, hi, Marty. <laughs> those ones are always funny. I, people send in so many of those. Yeah, and, I I had, and here's another one from Smudge2K. I had this the other day. Listening to Sam Tripoli, I took the phone out of my pocket a sticker on the back, which my daughter stuck on there, said Princess. I read it just as Sam Tripoli said Princess. I'm seeing loads of number stuff right now as well. I mean, just that's just like right in this little part of the chats. There's a bunch of those little tiny. I mean, it does seem weird. I think there's a hundred different channels in there. Probably, yeah. You got to join the chats. America.ca slash chats. The Discord. Here's another one from Stubbs. You want me to read that one? Yeah. Uh, about two weeks ago, I heard a great audio journey type thing on the local radio. It was great. We are all one and love is the greatest power in the universe vibe. Music, poetry, random thoughts, whatever. It was, it hit me. And I rather enjoyed it. Decided to email them hoping they'd keep spreading that type of message. I was curious and found out Burning Man was virtual. They have an app to go to the temple. Why not? One of the offerings given at the temple moved me. They had an email to echo back, and I did. Told them to check out the radio program as the station had emailed me back recently, and I told the burner to listen in when they'd be back on. I also uploaded a picture of the Sri, Sri Yantra for the burner. A few days passed. The burner replies back, Asking me if it was my definition of internality. I look back at the radio program reply. It was called internality. Maybe my subconscious saw both the burn theme and the program theme, but I sure as hell didn't. Stuff like that. Like, when do you come across two things like that? You connect them and it's, they're both internality. I, mean, I haven't even heard that word before. Crazy. You could rate that one. That's more. 6.7. Okay. What were you expecting? About that. You know me so well. You have your blue blockers on. They're super reflective. No, I, I don't. can't no, see your eyes when no, you look at Are we supposed to be pretending to be virtual? Right now? Why? Breaking the law? No. We can say this is work. No, I'm in your bubble. Oh, yeah. You're bubble mates. We're yeah. bubble mates. We're you just can't come over to my bubble. But I'm allowed in your bubble. I can come to your bubble while Maria's not there. Oh, okay. We can be bubble buddies. <laughs> <laughs> what? So can can you have a different two than me? 
Like, can you be one of my two, but then have a totally different two? Uh, I don't know. But I don't know how. Uh, we get a chain goes. going so we could have a little support group party. Yeah, well, I can, we can do support groups, can't we? We should have a support group for New Year's. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I run, your, I run some of those. We so. should do it at your place. Sure. Fuck yeah, support group party at New Year's support group party at Grams. We'll put his address in the show notes. <laughs> All right, what else you got? I got an Operation Morning Light if you want to hear it. It's kind of nah, interesting, but yet. it's not. not, not no? Not okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, maybe. <laughs> Text categories in the chat. A hundred channels and twelve categories. Bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grind America newsletter. Go to Facebooks. Big shout out to Mr. Lee Smith, who uh, over in the UK is always helping out with the UK Posse. UK Posse. He's also always helping out with the Facebook page. Thank you, Lee. Really appreciate yeah, it. You're the best, Lee. We love you. Um, all right, what do we got? Bunch of memes, bunch of memes, bunch of memes. We, he had a good one. Bunch of stuff we're trying to sell. Oh, I reposted my. Do we have some new masks for sale? Oh yeah, we do have a new mask. Well, we have a new hoser poser T-shirt. Okay. Actually, so here's the thing. Oh, uh, an accident. <laughs> I actually ordered us a couple of shirts each. Oh, good. Yeah, I figured yeah. I'd order from a Redbubble store okay. so we could upgrade our wardrobe with some of our own stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. I got you a nice huscular one. I don't want that. I've already I got you. Already got want, me one. I don't. I'm not going to wear the huscular one. All right, I'll take the huscular. Okay, yeah. And then yeah. I'm not as huscular as I'm you. I'm not. I'm, I'm beyond <laughs> huscular now. I'm. You're just husky. beyond beefcake. I'm just fat. <laughs> You're not quite there yet, bro. It's <laughs> the little. I've got the COVID chub. I mean, the COVID. Uh, I got chubby. My, I ordered myself a hoser poser shirt. Okay, good. Uh, the new mask. Well, of course, we got the This Is Bullshit mask. All-time best-selling item in the store. Uh, and we got the new mask that is, I'll take mine off if you take yours off. Nice. Okay. Now, the Hoser Poster t-shirt is great. Can we have, is there a t-shirt with just like COVID information on it? Like you can wear to the grocery store so you can, so people can just read your shirt and. No, we can make that if like, you want it. Can we do like, you know, you great want, reset. You want some PSA shirts? Yeah. Event 201, look it up, hashtag look it up kind of thing. Some hashtag of those, look like, it up. yeah. Why don't you give me a couple of your little, like, t-shirt ideas? Dark winter, you know. They don't have to, don't have to yell. Don't have to get to. <laughs> Why don't you give me some ideas? Okay. Maybe it could be a couple different okay. shirts, a line of t-shirts. Vaccine injury compensation yeah, fund. Wake up your, yeah, 1986, all that. I like this idea. I don't have time. But if you give me them, like, and then each people can wear it when, and then, then that's Dude, your protest because we, we got to do, we can get them in the store in no time. Okay. And there's some stickers we should print. That last mask went from idea to mask in like 
two hours. Okay, well, maybe maybe people can put in their ideas uh, in the channel in the chat somewhere in the ECCI. There's a shirt? No, no, no. There's a shirts and swag channel. Okay, just for t-shirt so ideas. Do, do we tell stuff. people how to get to the chats? Yeah, they're good. Grimerica.ca uh, slash chats, right? Slash chats. Yeah. And if they want to buy stuff, it's grimerica.ca slash swag. Yeah. I also reposted my ballot from. Oh, good. Like four months before all the fascism started that says they're all fascists. Yeah. So I called it. All right. What else we got? Mm, oh, yeah. I reposted that whole thing. Jeez, you, you, you bang the same. Okay, here's tune. one. Here's a good one. What positives are you taking from 2020? What positives? Yeah. Why don't you go first and then I'll read these. <clears throat> or do you want to, do you want to, friends and it? family are really important. The most important. That's a positive you're taking away. Yeah. You and self care is very important. Have you been smuggling friends over, Dunlop? Uh, I don't have many. You've been cheating on me with another two? You got a three? And be, and be, and, and stand in your truth. Be, be truthful. Be authentic. Be authentic. All right, we got from Robert, new job, and it's great so far, from TJ Mickleborough, learning that humanity actually enjoys their cages. From, <laughs> from Lance, How second best skydive season of my career. Jennifer, I lost everything with my partner of nine years, snapped and fell into a horrible booze and drug-fueled spiral of self-destruction and domestic violence due to the COVID pressures added on our situation. Everything, home, car, career, and the love of my life, it's all gone. The positive, the friends and family that helped me get out of there and start a new life. It's all going to be okay. Wow. And then there's a bunch of people commenting to support her. Uh, from Holly D. I actually grew up with this girl. My hometown. My great awakening... Number two, living life and not in fear. And number three, working at a place where I don't have to wear a mask. Nice. From Nancy K, number one, not to be a Karen, although I could never imagine myself being one. It never hurts to check yourself. <laughs> number two, no judgments. Everyone has a right to choose what works for them mor morally and spiritually. Jeez, um, you keep it, hitting that. Oh, me. stop swearing. This is sorry, Hal's episode. Sorry, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from Luke Dell, giving my mom her first dose of magic mushrooms. Well, I should see if my mom wants to eat some mushrooms if she's here for Christmas. There you go. Uh, from Bandy B, one of our top supporters and a top fan. Looking inside my own home and taking care of my family and the things I can take care of instead of worrying about the things nice. I can. Nice. Awesome. From uh, Hill Jacob, increased alcohol tolerance. <laughs> Ah, uh, from Ben, John Patton, HIV, if you're a part of the Australian Corona vaccine, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Uh, of course, if you don't know, that's uh, the Australia vaccine. They had to scrap 51 million vaccines because they were giving you a false positive for HIV. Well, apparently false. Apparently false. Rob C. Ron C. I bought a 40-foot diesel RV, so when the shit gets crazy in my state, I can leave. Hopefully, there will be safe places left in this country. We're going to start a commune one day. Uh, Seth Jones lost my most money I've ever made. I may donate again. Please do. Uh, Jordan Bailey got my first deer. Me too. Then the next, like, 10. 
Uh, Philip Davidson, everyone is stupid, makes me look ever more clever. <laughs> F-Y-C-Y-C. I got another one. Fuck you for your courage. Is that first one. F supposed to be a T from Nathan Bryson, who we met? Oh, yeah. I know the types of soulless beings there are around me and who to be ultra cautious of now. Philip D., no matter how batshit crazy your government and colleges get, you still get to choose who you love. Uh, from Cody David, learning how to take a punch and still smile. Jeff Kosna, another fellow I grew up with. Used to, used to sleep at his house, actually, when I was a kid. Cause. Cause, yeah. Finding my own freedom. Susan Lynn Schwenger, positives or lessons? And from Jim Davis, spending time with my daughter when her school was closed. Aw. Yeah. Awesome. And then I got I this meme. Did you other, see that one? Where it's like the guy from... Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Well, it's day 293 of 15 days to flatten the curve. Yep. And now they're trying to tell us that they're just locking us in our houses with no visitors for just be four weeks. That means it'll be a four weeks. fucking 600 days. Four weeks. Yeah, till January 11th. Really? This I mean, it's going to be till fucking April or May at this rate. Unless we, I'm sorry, Hal. Unless, <laughs> unless we win one of these lawsuits. Yeah, maybe. The Freedom yeah. for Canada one looks semi-promising. That's another positive thing is people, people are asking us legit questions. Like, what's going on? People are listening. That reminds Some me, people. JCCF, I got to email them. They, they're going to come on the show. Someone oh, from the Joint oh, Constitutional good. Law. Yeah, people good. that are paying tickets and stuff, they'll be great to talk to yeah. about all the legality yeah. of it. Yes, all. for sure. Awesome. I'll try and get them on right away. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's about it, probably. Eh? Yeah, I mean, Wrapping lots of people have been coming out of their shells. Yeah. It's crazy the amount of people that have reached out for yeah. info or people that I didn't think were listening to the show that have been coming out of the woodwork and from my home. fuck, there's a bunch of people from my hometown listening now. It's weird. I know it's weird. It's I know a, weird. a couple of personal, uh, personal friends of the family, both just reached out like the same day. You and I heard about four new people, four new listeners from friends and family that we've known for years. It was very strange. Yeah, worlds are colliding. Yep. Should have went with I, we should have went with the with the pseudonyms. How about that's a good shirt? Worlds are colliding. That's a good one too. Dude, we had the Worlds Are Colliding was our first website like eight years ago. Really? It had the fucking image of the two. Sorry, Hal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we addressed this with Hal. I think we said, look out, Hal. Darren might drop some F-bombs. He can't stop himself. It had the two planets crashing into each other. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Question everything. Yeah. Anyway, still good advice. Eight years later. Support the show. Another positive thing built this year. That's it. Plenty UFOs. Of positives. PFOs are real. PFOs? UFOs are real. Says People here. are coming around. Says everybody. Here. Everybody believes everybody's ready. You said you don't need disclosure. You had your own disclosure. You said this like six years ago. <laughs> UFOs are real and nobody cares. Yeah. Enjoy this chat with the fabulous Al Urban.
right, we've got a bit of a different episode, a little bit of a sidetrack here. We've got Hal Urban with us. He's an award-winning teacher and author. He's written and taught a lot about character education. A lot of uh, He's written seven books, and he's got a new one coming out in next year. But uh, a couple, couple uh, popular ones like Life's Greatest Lessons and Positive Words, Powerful Results. So it kind of, it's funny, we were just chatting before we started recording, it fits into like what Darren's been preaching in the last little while about, you know, what goes into your mind creates who you are. So uh, we're happy to have you here, Hal. Thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be with you and uh, answer whatever questions you have and maybe learn something myself. So. Yeah, and, and we do want to talk about your new book. What was the title of your book that hasn't come out yet? The, the title, the main title is The Power of Good News. The subtitle is Feeding Your Mind with What's Good for Your Heart. Nice. When we started this podcast, we were actually going to make it about good news. We were just going to do good news. Man, and did we ever go off track there, eh, Darren, for a few years? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But we noticed how important it was like seven, eight years ago, you know, that there wasn't enough good news out there. We wanted to focus on those those stories that that are positive. The thing is, and one of the main reasons I wrote the book is even before uh, the awful news of 2020, um, I thought even before this, the news media, the mainstream news media tends to focus about 95% on negative uh, stuff. And I I started doing some research on why, because I still remember a political science professor in college told us, uh, somebody asked, why is the, the news always bad? And, and his answer was real simple. He says, because bad news sells and good news doesn't. And there's a lot of truth to that. There was a story about a guy that started a good news magazine and it went out of business after about three months, you know, and, and a lot of it has to do with the way we are, we're wired, you know, the, uh, we have a, a defense system inside inside us. I'm I'm trying to remember, I think it's called the amygdala. I don't know if I pronounce it right, but it's a little neuron type thing in the brain that, that alerts us when there's danger. And so if you go way back to the days of early human beings, there were animals out there bigger than them looking for a meal and they were not only bigger, but stronger and faster. And so a certain sound would warn the human, that there was a hungry animal nearby. And so you need that uh, to to uh, protect yourself. And so it's a long history of people pay more attention to bad news because they're warnings in a way than they do to good news. So. Yeah, I was I was always kind of skeptical of that. It's good to hear your take on that. I, I always thought, are, are they really, is it really that bad news sells or, or are they just saying that, you know, because... That, that emotional response gets us to buy things and consumerism and all the ads and all that stuff. Because yeah, you, you'd they, think that there'd be a euphoria or some sort of elation with good news that would that would sell as well. But I guess it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sell the right thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it, but the, they have done a lot of research and they do know that gr- bad news grabs your attention quicker. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why uh, you turn on the news on TV, it'll always be something sensational that they flash at the beginning that's supposed to hook you. And it's usually something negative, you know, once in a while, like last night on TV, 
the good news was that that they had tested the vaccine and it was 90% effective and that was very hopeful. And I was really glad to see them open the show with something positive for a change, you know, yeah. but, but uh, we, we do have a defense system in us and that's, and that's one of the reasons that, that uh, bad news grabs our attention. And, and like I say, there have been people that have experimented with it and, and they couldn't, couldn't sell their good news. In fact, when I started, uh, Back in 2018, I started contacting publishers about this book, and I got turned down left and right. And <laughs> the answer was always, well, we already know that good news doesn't sell. And uh, my original publisher wouldn't take it. My Even my original agent, he wouldn't represent me. He said, because, uh, let's see, I don't know, can you can you use the F word on the yeah, show? Yeah, I don't, sure can, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't use it publicly or whatever, but, but this is the actual word that my agent said. He said, you know, he says, if the title of your book was bad fucking news, he said, I'd represent you in a second. We'd sell millions. And I thought, how sad, you know, uh, you should have just titled it that and then just kept all the content the same. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, surprise, surprise, yeah. this is about good news. But, but one of, one of my points is that there really is an enormous amount of good news. There's much more good in the world than there is bad, but the bad gets all the attention. And I don't know if you're aware of, have you ever heard of a Swedish doctor named Hans Rosling, R-O-S-L-I-N-G? I'm not sure. But he wrote a book. He died a couple of years ago. He was one of those brilliant guys that had a, a PhD in something, and he was also an MD, and he was from Sweden. And he he felt that the world is always being distorted because the bad gets so much publicity. And he wrote this incredible book. It's an easy read. Uh, it's called Factfulness, F-A-C-T-F-U-L-N-E-S-S, Factfulness, Hans Rosling. And he actually died just before it was finished, but his son and his, and his daughter-in-law promised him that they would finish it up for him. And you, you've probably heard that Bill Gates reads about 50 books a year, and then he talks about the best books he's ever read. And this was one of his favorite books. And one of the things he said is this is based on facts. And he shows you over and over and over how things in the world are improving. They have been improving for a long time. There's more good than bad, but it doesn't get publicity. And, and that's, that's the real issue. What's so what I'm really trying to do in the book is to get people to understand bad news will find you, but you have to look for good news. Yeah. But it's, but it's healthy. You know, it's healthy. Anytime you read or uh, I even have a chapter on friendship to me, good friends are good news. Every time my email goes off, I see ping and I see a name of a friend. Uh, my happy hormones get stirred up. You know, I, uh, good friends are good news. And there's so many things that we have, to be thankful for that we need to think about it more often. So is it like the bad news sells? So the good news doesn't sell, but it's better for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that there are, there are some people now who are catching on and there, there are some websites that deal with good news and there are some good news newsletters. Uh, I subscribe to, to uh, an email I get every Monday through Friday, and it's from the Good News Network, and it gives you four uplifting stories every day. And then 
Are you familiar with the Week magazine? No. It's a weekly news magazine that I really, really like. And, and I get emails from them. And they also have one that produces good news. And then, uh, you know who Ariana Huffington? You know, she's a big media uh, person. She's really, in fact, she told me that when the book came out, she would help promote it. And I almost turned cartwheels because she's pretty big time in the, uh, in the media. So there are a number of people moving in that direction. There was, there's a woman in Texas, her name is Michelle Geelan, and she's been very helpful uh, for me. She has a book out called Broadcasting Happiness, and she's talking about how uh, when you start a conversation with somebody, try to say something positive right up, right off the bat to get the conversation off. And I even go farther back than that. I say, make the greeting be fun, you know, and say something uplifting or funny during the uh, during the greeting. And I have a, a couple pages in there, which uh, I'm famous for my greetings. Yeah. Well, you've been writing. I mean, that's in some of your older books. The one I read was uh, about the <clears throat> positive words and powerful yeah. results. And this is some of the stuff you're talking about in that book. Uh, I, I do have, uh, you have a good memory. I, I do have something about that in that book because that book, positive words, powerful results is really in, in many ways tied to this book. Uh, because this book is about what goes into your mind, and the other book is about what comes off your tongue, you know. But actually, I, I should have written this one first, you know, because that's uh, even in the even in the Bible it says I can't remember who said it, but I know there's a verse in there that says, um, "What's stored in your heart? Uh, oh no, the what comes out of your mouth." Uh, is what's stored in your heart. And heart means all kinds of things, you know, the way it's used. It means general health. It means your your whole self and all of that type of thing. So. so if we know the good news is good for us, but the bad news is we're more wired for the bad news, and we got the TV kind of using that against us. Yeah. And now we've got the social media networks, you know, kind of... You know, expanding that on a, on a by magnitudes, and then it's like so because I was looking at that before. By it's it's bad enough that they're kind of pushing the narrative and trying to manipulate you, but now you're kind of hardwired to do it to yourself at the same time. Yeah, and you have to. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sean Aker, A C H O R. He he was teaching at Harvard in positive psychology along with. Uh, Tal Ben-Shahar. Tal Ben-Shahar was the guy who taught at the time. It was the most popular course in the history of Harvard University. It was just called Positive Psychology. And Sean Aker taught with him. And one of the one of the main points he makes, and I mentioned it in the book, is that what we have to do is to retrain our brain. In other words, the bad news is going to find us. My recommendation to people is don't avoid it. Just don't overload on it. Uh, there are some people who watch way too much bad news. They'll watch it on the TV and then they'll check out the internet and they get too absorbed in it and then they get depressed. And like I said, my, my thing is don't overload and then make sure you get a good balance of the, of the positive stuff. In, in a way, it's a little bit like eating bad food, junk food It's bad for your body. Uh, bad 
negative stuff all the time is <laughs> bad for your mind. Well, like we were talking about Zig Ziglar uh, in here before we started recording, what was hit? What was he was the one that was saying that, right? What goes in your mind? Um, yeah, he I, I went to a workshop uh, with him many, many years ago. And he started off by saying, you are what you are because of what goes into your mind. And I still remember one of the things that one of the stories he told that really hit home with everybody in the audience. He asked this question. He said, would you allow anybody to walk into the living room of your home with two hundred pound sacks over each shoulder? I don't know if anybody could carry that. But anyway, that's what he said. And he said, they're full of garbage. And that, and you allow, would you allow that person to dump that garbage into your living room? And, you know, people are wondering, why would he ask this silly question? No person alive would allow anybody to dump garbage in your living room. So then he hesitates for a minute, unless people think about the question. And then he says, do you ever let people dump trash into your mind? And boy, there was silence for a long time. And people start thinking, oh, boy, yes, I do. And that's some part of that is just being aware, you know, of, of what's going into your mind. And, and of course, I grew up without social media. And you had mentioned it uh, early, earlier, Graham. But uh, social media, I think, when it started, w- had a good intention. And it still can be really good. I've, I, I, I'm on Facebook. I don't spend a lot of time on it, but I... It helps me stay in touch with friends, see pictures of their kids, where they travel. Uh, and, but then sometimes it can get political, and then an organization that's really nasty can get a hold of their their own program. And and it's like everything else. There's the capacity for good and bad. Yeah. So when I was reading your book about the positive words, I was it's funny. I was asking the question in my head, and then you answered it in the book a little bit about what changed in the. 80s, like when you were monitoring like speech in classrooms and you were really trying to teach classrooms not to to cuss and to think, to talk positively, think positively. Um, I liked, I did like how you included a bunch of real life examples in in that book of, of, of perception changes and attitude changes. And, but, but what, what do you think something switched and shifted in the eighties or was it? Yeah, Yeah, it did. It really did shift because when I started teaching, uh, I just turned 80 a couple of days ago. So it was a Happy long birthday. time ago that I started teaching my first year of official. Well, my first year of teaching was 1965 and that was in university. And then the next year I started teaching full time in high school. So it was the 66, 67 school year, which is obviously a really long time ago, but the, uh, the kids dressed well, uh, on campus that we had a strict dress code. The teachers had a strict dress code. You absolutely did not swear and you acted respectfully and so on. And then the late sixties, uh, you know, was the Vietnam war and protest movements and, and so on. And things began to change. <clears throat> and then the dress code went, and I'm not complaining about this. Uh, I'm just saying times changed. But the language started getting harsher and harsher. And um, I remember one time I had a talk with our principal uh, and he was concerned about the language of the kids. And and he he had some interesting thoughts about it. So I said, 
Well, it's worth discussion. And I, I had a psychology class and, and he, uh, I said, you, would you want to talk to my class about it? So he, he said, sure. So he came down and, and he said to the kids, he, he said, you know, there's a lot of words we hear on campus now that, that we don't, uh, that, that we didn't used to hear. Now, this is a guy in his sixties in a coat. He's a principal coat and tie. And he said, you know, let me let me tell you something. He said, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to never swear under any circumstances. He says, he says, when you're out with your friends and you're the only ones that you're, you're not going to offend anybody. He said, I may, he said, I may be golfing with my buddies and there's some swearing and it's no big deal. He said, but I don't go home and sit down at dinner and tell my wife pass the fucking salt. And the kids were so shocked, you know, to hear him say that. But he really made his point. He said, there's a time and a place for everything and learn that there are different levels of language. And, and so one of the things that, that I always said to the kids at the beginning of the year, oh, by the way, back in my early days of teaching, girls didn't swear either. They would have died before they'd say the F word, you know, and they, they didn't swear at all. But all, all of that, uh, all of that changed. But what I did in a way of addressing it is that I kind of used his example. There are two levels of language and I would ask the kids, are there any places you go that swearing is inappropriate? Okay. For some, it was home for some not because some of them you learned the F word from their parents, you know, but others didn't allow swearing. Most of them said their grandparents didn't swear. If they belonged to a place of worship, they said, you don't swear there. The ones that had jobs, many of them had jobs where you had to be careful about your language. So, so I said, so there are some places that you're not allowed to use filthy language. They said, yes. And I said, this classroom is one of them. I said, we're not going to lower the level of conversation by, by speaking like that. I said, if you do it privately, that's your business, but don't do it in a place where you're going to offend other people. And that's rule I apply to myself, you know. Do you think that happened from parenting in the 60s then, 60s and 70s? Oh, yes, or? A- absolutely. You know, Graham, I, in my career, I probably taught 50 kids whose parents I had taught. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I saw the difference of that generation. And, of course, society had changed. You know, the culture had changed. And, uh, I mean, dress was different. Music was different. Language was different. Uh, you know, the movies back in the old days, uh, it was shocking when, who was it, Clark, Clark Gable in a movie in, uh, was it the 40s or 50s? He said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And that was shocking to hear the word damn, you know, and uh, now hardly anything is shocking. <laughs> so, you notice that even but, on cable, right? Some of the you know, stuff that you would have the, never seen on TV 10 years ago now. Like, no, no. And no. now it's just like, they're swearing just on cable now. Yeah. Well, remember we went to, you guys might be too young, but we went to R-rated movies. Yep. I don't yep. know where you, you may have. Well, by the time already... I was a kid, it didn't really matter. You know, like I could okay. go to the video store and rent an R-rated movie when I was 10 yeah. and nobody cared. Yeah. You know, and, and basically R meant you could either see... You could see naked bodies or hear the F word. That's really what it meant. <laughs> or maybe some gore. Yeah, one of those three for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So, so uh, the other thing I found interesting in your book was, was uh, I don't know if I could do it, but I might try, is that not to complain for 24 hours. Like you had yeah. that that test of – because I think it, it it's really important to try and keep that um, – or there's power in, in not complaining, right, and keeping a positive – positive attitude, positive reinforcement. So there's a couple questions, I guess, around that is, is because I learned years ago in like the, you know, a couple of leadership courses about positive reinforcement, but maybe you can talk about how, you know, deriding somebody even in a work or personal environment, you know, is not going to be helpful, but positive reinforcement will help create that behavior that you want to see. Absolutely. Maybe you could drill into that a bit. Well, you know, one one of the examples I gave uh, in that chapter was I I went to college on a basketball scholarship and I had back in those days, you couldn't play on the varsity as a freshman. So I played on the freshman team my my first year and the coach I had, I just absolutely loved him. He was everything you'd want in a coach. He had been a good player himself. He was smart. He just was so, he cared about us so much. And, uh, and then uh, the next year I moved up to varsity and the varsity coach who had won a couple national championships, he, uh, he quit because of health reasons. So the guy that I had as my freshman coach, I had him again when I was a sophomore on the varsity and he everything he did brought out the best in me as a person and as a player, but he didn't want to be head coach. He he had a furniture business on the side and he made more money there. So he left after my sophomore year. The next two years, and I tell the story in the book, the coach I had my junior and senior year is one of the worst human beings I've ever known in my life. And it mainly because what came out of his mouth, he humiliated people, he screamed at people, he would get in your face and tell you how awful you were with every swear word he could think of. It would sometimes spit on you. Uh, This is a Jesuit university that I'm at. And I don't think any of the priests or any of the administration really knew that, that he was doing this, but, uh, but he, uh, I saw him really destroy some athletes and it it was really sad. Uh, A coach like a teacher is supposed to bring out the best in you. And, uh, Every, every word that, I mean, he had just, like I say, the, the filthy language, but the meanness of it too, it's, it can be devastating. So did, do you think our culture got stuck in like a, um, a tough love sort of suck it up, um, cry it off mentality well, to a certain extent or. Well, maybe, maybe for a while, but then we, you know, the big complaint you came about back too far the other way. Everybody gets a trophy, you know, that type of thing, which I don't believe in. You know, I think I think people have to uh, uh, in my first book, I have a chapter that says, don't be afraid to fail. Everyone else has. And, uh, you know, you can fail your way to success. It just that you make mistakes, you learn from your mistakes and you and you move on. But everybody gets a trophy thing. I don't I don't I think that's more damaging than helpful. It's like a pendulum sometimes where it. Yeah, it's maybe it'll balance out sometime. I don't know. Sometimes it just seems to get going worse. Yeah, right. But, you know, I want to go back, Graham, to the thing about complaining, because I wrote about that again in this book. It's a it's a story that, that has such a profound influence, not only on me, but on my teaching, because. Every year that I taught, whether it was adults, my the adults that I taught at the university were 
most of them in their 30s and 40s and some of them older. Uh, and then I taught high school kids. But I issued that challenge. It's, it's called the Bruce Diazzo Memorial Challenge. It's named after a guy that I went to college with who was paralyzed uh, from polio. And uh, the most amazing thing about him was I had a friend that lived with him for six years. And, and he said, uh, he said, uh, in six years, he saw Bruce suffer. He couldn't move his arms. He couldn't move his legs. Um, but he never once complained about anything. And I, I was just astounded when I heard that. I did know Bruce and I didn't hear him complain, but I wasn't around him. I didn't live with him day to day. and. And I remember when he died, I was telling my students about him. And I said, this guy was so unbelievable. And, and, and I said, uh, and I learned that he never, never, ever complained about anything. And, and then I just kind of thought for a second. And, and I said, uh, that's my phone. I'm hoping that my wife is going to pick it up upstairs. <laughs> okay, she did. But anyway, uh, uh, let's see where I got I got lost on the about phone. the Bruce uh, complaining about never yeah. ever complaining. Yeah, so so I said to the kids, I explained how this guy had polio and and he was paralyzed and and he got sick a lot and and I said, but he but he never complained. I said I said just kind of off the top of my head, I said I'll bet you guys couldn't go twenty four hours without complaining. And then we start talking about it and. And one kid I remember said, he said right away, he says, oh, that'd be impossible, <laughs> you know? And I says, well, you, you want, you want to try it? We got to talking about it. So I, was, I said, okay, the challenge starts. It was about nine in the morning. It was the end of my first class. And I said, you see if you can go 24 hours without complaining. And then somebody said, is moaning or groaning complaining? I said, yes. <laughs> and, and uh, I figured there were, there were a couple of others too. It was, it was saying shit when you're mad is that complaining i said yeah i would call it a complaint and um so they came back the next day and i didn't know what to expect because i'd never done it before and i said raise your hand if you went 24 hours without complaining and not a single kid raised his hand and i said whoa i said what happened i said how long did you go and most of them said about two minutes and then some of the kids said i gave up after about five minutes i said well why only two minutes? They said, well, they started complaining as soon as they got out of class. And one of the things that kids realize is we live in a culture of complaint. And one of the things they realized is that uh, it's like the bad news stuff. It's, it's around you all the time and it penetrates and it becomes part of your being. You know, you are what you are because of what goes into your mind. Yeah. We hear a lot of complaints every day. Yeah, it's hard to do. I mean, I I used to consider myself, I still do some somewhat a positive person, but I that's it's hard to not complain. I mean, I'm just, I find myself doing it all the time now and it, I really do think it affects my state of being. I really do yeah. feel like if I'm in a state of gratitude, positively thinking it does affect yeah. me physiologically. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I, all the science is there. Like, well, this is the, I shouldn't say that the science isn't there, but we know <laughs> there's this crazy weird thing it with should the placebo be that we no. got to like, we got to like, to worry about and we got to like factor that into any experiments we want to do because the human mind or maybe the doctor's mind is going to affect the experiment. Right. And right. then we come yeah. from a thing when we're complaining all day and you wonder yeah. if like, if like just ancient man 
10,000 years ago or whatever it was, spent his day in a constant state of worry and complaint. Or if he yeah. was just, you know, you wonder if that thing about giving thanks for, you know, it's because like, I'm not, I'm not a, a religious person. I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not a religious person, but you can kind of see where that, that, um, praying before or after a meal yeah. kind of comes from giving thanks. Like in my culture, it's more of a give thanks when you kill an animal or, or something like that. And it, it does sort of affect that relationship. Yeah. And we've got this thing where you can't do a science experiment without two layers of pr protection from yeah. this placebo effect. And you got to wonder what being negative and complaining and worrying all day are doing especially when we're also a culture that's sicker than ever mentally and physically yeah but you know darren you hit on one of the key things and it's emphasized in the new book too is about being thankful uh i was amazed at how much research there has been on thankfulness uh there's a professor whose last name is emmons and he's supposed to be the the guru i guess based on his research of uh and I quote him in the book and mention his first name and the university, and he's written some books and so on. But I think the title of my chapter in the book is Thankful People Find More Good. And if you're finding more good, then that means you're putting more good into your, uh, into your mind and probably leading a healthier life. But I can still remember one of the most valuable lessons I ever learned was my mom taught me when I was about nine or 10 years old. Uh, about what it meant to be thankful and why I should be thankful. It was kind of a lesson in poverty and and, and so on. But uh, I'll always remember my mom, and she was a very very thankful person. She uh, she said to me one time, and I quoted her in the book: "The happiest people in the world aren't the people who have the most things. The happiest people in the world are the people who are thankful for what they do have." Yeah, that's there's a lot of wisdom in that statement, and. Uh, and she told me about the way she grew up on a farm in Missouri. My dad grew up on a farm in in uh, Oregon. And boy, they, they didn't have much, but they were thankful for what they did have. And like my father, his parents came from Lithuania, where they were ruled by the Russian czar, and they didn't even have any freedom. And they came over and were able to start a farm of their own. And, and uh, I can remember going to the farm. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have indoor plumbing. This is way back in the 1940s. So it kind of shows you how old I am. But I still remember that. They didn't have those things, but they were thankful for what they had, especially freedom. And my friend Bruce used to always talk about opportunity. He said in when he woke up in the morning, he said he, he was a believer. He was a devout Catholic and, and he said, thank you, God, for this day and all the blessings that will come with it. And he said, and thank you for the opportunities that I have all day long, all ahead of me to touch somebody else's life, to learn something, to become better. And uh, those two words, thankfulness and opportunity, are magical if you use them all the time, because he taught me to use them. And I did. And, I do. And projecting that positive future. I mean, he's not he's. He's, 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 he's saying it as if he's already got it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he woke up knowing that the day was going to be full of opportunity instead of hazards or risks or, or things uh, like that. And he just, he trained himself uh, to, 
to have a positive outlook. Yeah. And then you do things and things tend to happen. And then those sort of piggyback off of each other as you go down yeah. the road. And the next thing you know, you've created this, this new <laughs> life out of nothing. And you wonder yeah. how you got there. Yeah. Um, so, so you are 80, um, been around since the forties. What, what have, so you've seen sort of like the, 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 the advent of like this, first television and then network news and then 24 seven news and then social media up to the minute or up to the second news. What have you noticed as a difference and just been, and you're like tuned into it as well because you're, because of your writing, what have you noticed on just like the, the general social mental health over that time span? Like, do you think that the, the, inundation of bad bad news is affecting us culturally i i think it has along with some other things the fact that we're moving so fast and that we're bombarded with all kinds of information and so on and there's so much pressure to be cool and to be successful and have all of these things and i think when i was growing up and i i'm not one of these people my age who says we were better than the present. I don't say that at all. I think each generation really in many ways gets better. But but when we were growing up, the messages were, were more simple. Okay, we didn't have social media. We didn't have, I grew up in a town. We never had TV until I was a freshman in high school. We had one channel. And then about two years later, we got a second channel. All the TV was in black and white. They were all wholesome, you know, programs like, um, uh, Ozzie and Harriet, you guys may not have ever heard of Ozzie and Harriet, but anyway, uh, but it was just the message that we got was work hard, be respectful, uh, and, and things will work out for you. And that was kind of a simple message, but there was a lot of truth to that. That would still be true today. Work hard, be respectful of other people. Uh, but today they're bombarded with hundreds and hundreds of messages, you know, and, and uh, like I say, I saw the change between the kids I taught in the sixties and their kids who I taught in the eighties and nineties. So what do you think has to, I mean, should people just, cause I mean, this is something Darren's been preaching uh, last few weeks, last couple months for sure is like, is, you know, put the phone down, get away from your TV. Like, I mean, what do you think, we need to do as a society to stay a little healthier. Okay. Are, are, are you guys uh, familiar with that program that's showing now on Netflix called social dilemma? I just watched that uh, the other day, actually. Yeah. I just finished it last night. I, I couldn't watch a whole bunch of it at one time. I could watch about 30 minutes of it at one time because it was so full of stuff to, to think about. But I think, you know, one of the points they make is that there was a guy near the end and he gave three rules and I can't remember all three of them, but the the cell phone does not go into the bedroom with the kids when they go to bed at night. And then there was a limit to how much screen time they could have during the day. And there was, there was one other one and I can't remember uh, what it was, but I, I remember uh, I live in the area where Steve Jobs uh, Jobs lived. He he lived a couple cities down from from me, and he had very very strict rules about his kids and screen time because he knew it was addictive. And uh, 
and it is, there have been books uh, about, and that's a big thing, I, I think, because as you know, a lot of adults are addicted. It's not uncommon to go to a restaurant. Well, different these days because of COVID, but in normal times, you see a family of five or six sitting at a table in a restaurant and every one of them has their cell phone out. Yeah. Yeah, it's the business model. That's what people yeah. need to understand is that's the yeah. business model. There's a reason right. that all those apps are free. It's because yeah, oh, they, sure. they get paid by the more time you spend on them and they're tracking every second of it. Yeah. They know how much time you're spending on it. And so this phone is actively working against you to try and get you to spend more time on it, probably looking at negative things. <laughs> and that's if you're an adult. I mean, when you, when you, when you take that social media down to the younger generation, then you get into the research of Jonathan Haidt, which shows that, you know, teen suicide and preteen suicide and cutting is like tripled or quadrupled in in 10 years, which just happens to coincide with when social media became available on smartphones. Yeah. And one of the real sad things about social media is that uh, bullying really increased and, uh, kids put each other down on social media and then a kid finds out that the whole world, you know, you, you say something awful about this person and, and it's accessible to everybody and it's humiliating to them and it's painful. And I've, in these character education conferences, I've heard a lot of mothers whose kids committed suicide talk about bullying and social media. And that bullying is one of those issues that character education programs have I've really tried hard to address. Yeah. So what about uh, free speech in that way? I mean, cause I feel like, you know, negative speech, hate speech is almost like a, a spell in a way it's, it's bad. It can do bad. I think it can do more bad than people think, you know, but you mentioned free speech a little bit in, in one of your previous books yeah. in the context of, 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 of saying, bad things, negative things, but how do you police it or should it be policed? I mean, should well, it be policed organically or should there be law? I mean, it's, I feel like we're the pendulum again, that we're talking about a swung to the other way where the people that are against hate speech are also very hateful. I mean, it, it, it's a two way, it's a, it's a hypocritical thing in a way. I mean, it, it, you can't really get rid of hate with hate. I mean. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's too many people, I think, interpret, the free speech amendment, as you can say anything you want, anytime, under any circumstances. And that's not really true. One of the examples that a Supreme Court justice gave many, many years ago, I can't remember who it was, but he said free speech is not unlimited if it leads to serious damage uh, and hurt of other people. He said, for instance, he says, if you are in a crowded theater and you sit up, and you start screaming, you stand up and you start screaming fire, fire, and everybody starts running and so on. And there is no fire. He said that kind of speech is, I forget what he called it, but, but it was dangerous and endangered other people's lives and so on. And he said, so it's not limitless. And I think we, we have to show some judgment about some of the things that, uh, you know, that we say it's like the interpretation of the, the second amendment about weapons, you know, the founding fathers didn't, mean for everyday citizens to walk around with AK-47s, you know, but of course there weren't any at that time, but that's, that wasn't the reasoning behind uh, 
uh, the weapon thing. And, and so we have to sometimes look back into the Constitution and see what was the, what was thinking behind it. Why did they need to add this this amendment? Yeah. Do you think um, do you think it'll do you think we can pull out of the tailspin? You know, it's it's really hard to say uh, when you look at the results of the recent election where, you know, 70 million voted for Trump and about 75 million or so have voted for Biden that and they're pretty diametrically different. Uh, it, it shows how divided we are. And I think it's it's going to take some real work for Biden and his team to to bring it all together. It's, uh, it may be one of the biggest challenges yet. What role do you think uh, that, I sometimes wonder if we just shut off all the TVs for like six months, <laughs> what would like come out of that? Uh, it, it would probably be good because it would require people to find hopefully useful things to do and other things to do with their, uh, with their time. But, uh, whenever we take things away from people like COVID has taken a lot of things away from us, you know, not, I think that not having a normal social life is one of the hardest things of, of COVID, but for other people, it would be the economic, uh, losing jobs, not having enough money to pay bills and, and all of that kind of stuff. But the, the social aspect of it, I think has really been damaging too. And there's a lot of statistics to show that, mental health issues because of a lack of social and then so it's, daily bad news piled on top of that yeah right right and uh, i've never seen a news cycle like 2020 it's just almost uh i know that we watch nbc news that comes on at 5 30 p.m here which would be 8 30 uh, eastern time but after I watched that 30 minutes of news, there's actually probably, what, 22 or 23 minutes of it because the rest is commercials. But that's about all the news I can take for one for one evening. Sometimes I switch over to PBS and then and my wife and I look at each other. And we say we've had enough news for one and we turn to something lighter, you know, just so you don't have to deal with the with the heavy stuff. And it just proves my point in the book is that there's just so much of the negative stuff that you should take. And then of course the media has tools now to bombard you with graphics of buildings exploded and people being shot and, and all of that type of thing that makes it even harsh, more harsh. Yeah. Did you notice anything that shows what the delay is like from say something like a high bad news event, like 2020 with COVID and, you know, the brink of civil war, it would seem like, and everything else. Like, how long do you think, and you talk about the social uh, problem, we not being able to socialize, and you've got all this bad news piled on top of it. Is that like mental health and the that adverse effects, is that instant, or is this something you think we'll see play out over the next 10 years? Or Well, I, I think once we can start returning to normal, and that's why I'm so hopeful that even though it's going to be months, uh, there's some good news on the developing of the vaccine. But I think once we have that vaccine and people feel safe to go out and reserve, resume normal life, one of the things I hope is that it will make people appreciate 
normal life rather than take it for granted. And they say, oh, boy, I everything is back. And, and I, I, I think we've gone through a really, really rough time. We, uh, everybody's got to realize that, um, uh, we need to, to work together to, to put things together, you know, to, to, uh, try to bring things together and work towards something more positive because the, the negativity and the fighting has, has only made, matters worse. I, one of the thoughts that's been running through my head is, is my next book after this one gets out there. And, and I, the title that keeps popping in my head is whatever happened to win, win and the golden rule, <laughs> you know, uh, Stephen Covey wrote about win, win, and it just makes perfect sense that when we try to help each other and and solve our problems together within we both win we compromise but we reach a, a thing where we where, where we can go forward and in peace you know so yeah that seems to be what happened to capitalism too you know or the market or however you want to look at it. it's like it it can work good but then when when you get all this weird sort of backroom deals and you know regulating out competition and like then you got these like super super monopolies and all that stuff. And it's just like, it became this thing where it was almost predatory. It's almost like a lot of things I think in Western culture have become predatory. The media yeah. seems to have become predatory. You know, the social media seems predatory in a way, the advertisers and now, and now that on top of it, it just, yeah. it's, um, I, I have a friend that made a lot of money and, and he, uh, he said to me once, he said, one of the reasons that people are always, uh, even the ones that are filthy rich, uh, he said, they're always trying to get more. He said, because no one can answer the question, how much is enough? <laughs> and, and I remember when he said that, I kind of smiled because I, I, I could say how much is enough. You know, I was a teacher and I didn't make very much money at all. I had to moonlight my whole, uh, my entire career. I had two night jobs besides a, a regular job. And I worked in the summers and, and my goal in terms of finances was just to be financially secure, yeah. to have, yeah. to, to have enough money saved that if, uh, like we had a big plumbing problem in our home and, the, and the, about three years ago and the house had to be torn up and, all of that kind of stuff and insurance covered a big chunk of it, but I was left with having to pay $15,000. Now back when I was teaching, that would have devastated me. That would have wiped me out, but I've put money aside for those kinds of things. So that, that's what I mean by financial security. I don't mean having millions and millions of dollars, but just, I, I was very careful about my retirement. And, and uh, so I've got money, you know, coming in and, uh, and have money saved. So that's, uh, I think that should be the goal. But again, that what really bothers me is when I see, what is it? The top, no, it's not just 1%, it's less than 1% of these people that have uh, an incredible uh, percentage of the nation's wealth. And then you've got so many people that are just struggling that, that also have to work two and three jobs to try to make ends meet. And I don't know what those people that have, when I hear how many billions of dollars that they have, I, I always wonder 
what do they do with it? You know, should they make eight billion in one day somehow? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, but what what do you do with it? Shouldn't you, if you love your country, shouldn't you be pouring it back some way in into you know to the better? I mean, at least Bill Gates uh, has saved a lot of lives and has done a lot of good things for education and invested in medicine and all of that kind of stuff. But a lot of them don't do that at all. One guy was interviewed about why he didn't give more away. And he said, because if I gave more away, I wouldn't be listed in the top 10 <laughs> people in the world. <laughs> That's just sick to me. When you have more money than you could ever spend. And well, you have- yeah, and then, then you have the problem of these, these guys having the money and them kind of getting, now you've got one guy that gets to decide where it goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like in the Bill Gates example. So he gets to decide... Where that goes, whereas if that was public money or if that was, whereas it might have been better if that money was just dispersed into the lower levels of, yeah, but then, of society. Yeah, but you so don't want them to become poverty. middle class or anything, then they become too powerful. I mean, honestly. Well, there does seem to be, a, a, there does seem to be that they, the yeah. middle class is, is not having a good, a good start to the decade. And the last one wasn't great for them either. Nor well, was see, the one when, before. When, when I was growing up, there was a general belief that the strength of our country was the fact that we had a very, very large, strong middle class. Yep. And that doesn't exist anymore. And I think we have, in many ways, lost one of the great strengths of, of our country because yep. that the middle class has really shrunk. And what some people now call middle class, they're really struggling. Yeah. Well, it seems to very clearly become an oligarchy in a lot of ways. And yeah, I, I wonder right. if, like... Right. In the fifties, did it seem like that? I mean, looking back, it they no. kind of slant it that it always it signed kind of seems like it always has been. But you know, I don't know. Some, it seems like lately it's like super apparently that if you've got money, you've got different rules. Oh, no, you're and, right, and you're not getting in the Senate or the Congress. I mean, they yeah. let a couple people in just so that it doesn't. You know, you got your AOCs, and they'll let a couple of those people in just so that. Hey, you know, anyone can get in here, but let's be honest. I mean, it's ne- there's never going to be enough people that aren't from the establishment to, like, yeah. pass a vote. Yeah. No, you're, uh, you're right on that. It's, um, I, I can still remember now in the 50s, I was, I was a kid and, and even still a teenager in the late 50s. But I can still remember my dad, who was an uneducated iron worker. I can remember him saying... This is a damn plutocracy. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what that word meant. And then later, I think when I probably didn't pay attention and then when, or I might ask my mother, what does that mean? And I think she said it's ruled by the rich and uh, it's, it's become more so. So my dad was actually right. Uh, And if you, if you go back to the founding fathers, there was a historian by the name of Hofstetter who said, these guys that wrote the Constitution, they weren't all gung-ho democracy, everybody's equal. That's not who they were. They, they said, let the people who own the country rule the country. And they said things like that at the Constitutional Convention. So it's, it's been part of our system for a long time. Well, I'm I think you used to need land to vote, didn't you? Pardon me? Didn't you used to need land to vote? Uh, yes, you're right. You had to be a property owner. Yeah. And now and, it's funny as you see people arguing for that again. I've actually seen yeah. that flying around social media. 
Okay. Yeah. No. Remember, it was white men who owned property who could vote. That's how uh, black minorities didn't vote and women didn't vote. And then you wonder if the votes even matter, or if it's just because if the votes mattered, you'd think it wouldn't be a plutocracy. Yeah. <laughs> no. How does that happen? How do we keep voting for these rich people? <laughs> so when's your uh, when's your new book coming out? It doesn't come out until May, so I've got okay. Uh, that'll, yeah, that'll be that'll go by fast though. Yeah, I I'm actually glad that it doesn't come out until May because I think we're we, we've still got some bad news left for this year. The COVID is going crazy right now, and we're having problems with Trump admitting that he lost, and and so I think. Once the new year comes and, and we see some change and we see some progress with a uh, with a vaccine, uh, things will start lightening up. So maybe my timing will be good. People will be ready for some, not only some good news, but be ready for a little bit of help on finding more good news and putting more good stuff up here. Right Speaking on. of that, I promised my wife I'd help her. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll let you go. Yeah, before yeah. I let you go, one more question in your sure. 80 years and all the books. If you could just give one piece of advice to the people listening now, what would be the one thing you've learned in your time? You know, I I think the most important thing I've learned in my life is that I'm not the center of the universe and that the more good I do for other people, the more it comes back to me. But it has to go out first. It can't. You can't just be receiving all the time. I keep a little quote here on my on my desk. I don't know if you can see that. It's just a little yeah. card. And, yeah. and basically what it says, this was written by Horace Mann, who was the father of public education, so obviously one of my heroes. But he said, we do ourselves the most good doing something good for others. And that's that's kind of my life philosophy right now. And it's... it's uh, I grew up the opposite way where I thought everything was about me and so on. And I'm really glad I was able to uh, overcome that one, but I had to have a lot of help along the way. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time. Okay, yeah. Thanks sure. for your I help really, along the way. Really enjoyed Really enjoyed it. Okay. Thanks okay. A lot. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And that was our chat with Hal Urban. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was good books. Simple, simple truths. Simple truths, yep. good. Yeah, watch what goes in your head. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Let's hope Biden fixes all that. That fixes that thing after forty-seven years. He'll be able to just pull it together. I forget. <laughs> you must have just had your tongue bit for the whole. Last no, no. It's all, I mean, it's. Just I mean, that's a good example. It's just how, interesting. So how people can have completely different politics. Yeah, and still, yeah, have a conversation. Agree on most yeah. things, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to push back on stuff like that. I'm not going to no, argue about pointless. Biden a lot, but you know, it's hopefully pointless. the vaccine helps and. You know, here's the thing. Even if, even if you and I aren't vaccine people, if the, va- if the vaccine being available, if it chills, helps, because here's oh, yeah. the thing, like I just went out traveling and people are freaking the fuck out. Like I seen people in the airport freaking the fuck out that yeah. they were traveling. They could, they can, I mean, I seen those people at the airport a couple weeks ago that put on the suit. Oh, Remember I sent yeah. you the picture. We're coming out. And they're putting oh, that was on a, real. Th- that was real. Those uh-huh. are those are people flying someplace. Yeah. So it makes you. If those people can just chill out, if that makes them feel better, whatever. I'm not getting it. 
So the middle class has been torn apart, and the, but the middle class has been. There's, there's some weird like things going on, right? We oh, talk yeah. about the middle class has been destroyed, but the guy who's been in office for 47 years will <laughs> fix it, you know. But it's okay. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's up to us to fix it. I think we watch what we put in our heads and watch what comes out of our mouth. You know, I agree with him American on the or... speech stuff. I, I agree with him on all that, all that stuff. You know, I really do. It's his book was interesting. Stop complaining. Stop complaining is the, the be, number be, one. Be helpful. Be grat- grateful. It's harder than you think. I'd like to see the audience try and go like three hours without complaining. Yeah. Anyway. Big thanks to Hal for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, extra big thanks if you're a supporter, because we need those. We need more of those. Go to america.ca slash support. If you're getting some value from the show, uh, send it back our way. It'd be lovely. We'd love you for it. We love you anyway, but we'd love you a little more if you support it. Go to america.ca slash support. There's a bunch of ways to support the show for free. In spam gram. Um, rate the show. Review the show. Join the chats. Go to america.ca slash chats. thanks for listening (laughs) and we'll see you next week season's greetings from the Grimerica show podcast gather around the fireplace help yourself to some hot cocoa with the little marshmallows in it maybe have a candy cane or two and maybe some cookies it's so warm and jolly Podcasting from the igloo Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo And over there that's Graham crying tears of joy As he listens in on the little drummer boy I see you've acquainted yourself with D-Ron Yeah it's true he puffs Christmas trees of medicinal Wait a second, is that? Yeah, I think that's Sasquatch beneath the mistletoe. Get over here, Graham. Thank you for saving me and give me a kiss. And it looks like Napoleon Doom is decorating the room with tinsels, ribbon, popcorn on strings, and poinsettias. They are in bloom. And you might ask, who's that in the green and red Lucia Libre mask? Why, of course, that's RPJ Feliz Navidad. It's so warm and jolly Cry Merry Christmas Podcasting from the igloo Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo And over there that's Graham crying tears of joy As he listens in on the little drummer boy You'll get a warm and fuzzy feeling if you donate to the America show. So get in the spirit, reach down in your pocket and make it rain. I mean, uh, let it snow, make it snow, let it snow, let it snow, make it snow. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. It's so warm and jolly. Cry Merry Christmas. Podcasting from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy. 
as he listens in on the little drummer boy polo.